Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. Luca Nation, episode 603 of Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Smash that like and subscribe button, please, please, please. We also have a short clips channel. And, dude, our guys are getting paid. And Cage wants to make sure that the guys we're paying the big bucks to are delivering for us. So, yeah. Luca Nation short clips, subscribe. Luca Nation Network, subscribe. Share it. If, if you like what we do, all we ask is tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell an enemy. So without further ado, let's get into another episode of Lucas Tigers Bronzo. My gauge, we're last day in February. Or what is it, 20%, 25% done with the year? Is my math oh, yeah. right? Yeah, February, I mean, that'll be two months. That's one-sixth. It's about 17%. 25% will be three months. But it's close. I mean, it's, it's a lot of months, man. You know, February's done. Tomorrow we start March. That's nuts. You know, should be spring training. But today is the deadline for MLB, the players, and, and uh, um, the owners to come to some sort of agreement to save the season. You know, what they're told, of course, is that if they don't get a deal done by today, that means games will start to get canceled and pushed back, which is just a bad look across the board. Um, you know, I'm sure there's some flexibility with the deal. You know, they're, they said they learned during COVID that, you know, these guys need 28 days and need four weeks to kind of get up and running and get up and ready. So, you know, maybe March 3rd. Um, but it doesn't seem like they're really close. It doesn't seem like they've, you know, got much closer today, which is, you know, it's interesting stuff. And what I've learned this week is everybody wants their money. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, Kyla Murray wants their money. The players want their money. Um, everybody wants their money. The owners want their money. Um, you know, the only people who kind of get screwed by it are, I guess, the fans, right? They don't get to see the games. There's no games. Um, they got to pay higher ticket prices. Uh, what are your thoughts? I think Kyler Murray deserves max contract. He, you know, he, 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 he. My thoughts are you shouldn't write serious letters in all caps because no one's going to read that. And you, you don't read emails anyway. You don't read anything. You read text. Read. You read like one sentence. Yes. If it's longer and than that, vibe. I want to pick up the vibe. It. Don't send it no, if it's longer than that. I think the MLB gets it done. I think as you get closer to the finish line, I don't really know what they're fighting about. I think actually Alex Giamo uh, did a really good job breaking it down in her video on IG uh, in the sense that the baseball players are sticking up for the little guy, the minor leaguer that makes like less than $15,000 a year. But honestly, at the end of the day, I can't imagine that the major leaguers are going to forfeit millions and millions and millions of dollars. You could tell me your thoughts. This is her thoughts. They're going to forfeit millions and millions of dollars. The owners are going to forfeit billions of dollars. I just don't see it. I think they get it done by next Friday. You said March 3rd. I think what's next Friday? Is that March 10th? Yeah, but then they lose games, allegedly. March 4th. I think they get it done by March 11th, and they start season by April 15th. That's my prediction. All right, so then, a little like bit of a weeks. delay. No one cares. Two weeks. No one cares. Yeah, all right. Um, you know, I, I will tell you that the people who do get screwed are the you know people who plan spring training trips, people who go down there, go down to Florida, and they you know they they plan the trip to go there and watch spring training games, and they don't get to see it now. People who may travel to go see their team, people who try to plan this stuff. Not everybody's got a ton of money. You know, people do try to book. You know an April trip and go see a game, go see their team and all that other fun stuff. And, you know, they can't now. And that's kind of shitty. 
and and protecting the minor mm-hmm. leaguers, you know, protecting the minor leaguers. How about how about this? What if tomorrow? Now it's not going to happen. But what if tomorrow the owners <laughs> got getting, together? And, good. What if tomorrow the owners got together at the meeting and said, "All right, these guys don't want to play for the money that they're playing for. Um, we're going to open up on March 31st. We're going to have opening day, and we're all going to play our farm teams. Our AAA teams are all going to be our teams from now on." Replacement player style, you know, like here you go. If we're really and looking out for those minor Keanu leaguers, Reeves is looking for a job. Well, I mean, it's happened before, and some of them were good enough to stick around. They, you know, they were shunned, like Rick Reed. Um, not ravishing Rick Rude for you wrestling fans out there. Rick Reed, and not Rick Russell. Um, but, but, all right. If we really want to look out for the minor leaguers, if that's the, let's go promote them all. We got baseball, no delay. Promote them all, double their salary of every one of them that's being played now. I think Tampa Bay would have a great team. I think a lot of these teams would be great. The Yankees would be terrible because their farm system is terrible. But shit happens. You got baseball. Goodbye. And every one of these multi-millionaire players is now on the outside looking in with no real leverage. I mean, I would think the product is probably terrible. It definitely is a step backwards. But I'd watch it. I'd watch baseball. I think it would be, it would be, I think it'd be pretty damn interesting. I'm not sure. That the you, only... I'm not sure that the product would be terrible because we love parity in baseball. And when you bring in all replacement players, maybe you know you wouldn't see 60, 70 home runs. Maybe you would. Maybe because the pitchers suck. See, we we don't know what we would see. Baseball is the kind of sport where replacement players could actually work. Cage. I mean, a lot of sports it could work. Think of who gets injured, uh, yeah. and but but think of think of. I guess NBA, but I mean, think of think of how many times you want, someone... you want a bunch of Fourier's running around. Well, think of Fourier's how many times what the NBA would be like if there was no talent. By the way, Thibs, if you listen, and I know you listen to our show, Cam Reddish is better than Fournier. Cam Reddish is write it on the board a million times until you realize that I'm right. Sorry, Cage, I apologize. Don't you apologize for? I've been told by one particular person on YouTube that I don't let you talk enough. So please, <laughs> and I interrupt Instagram. you until you. That was Instagram. That was YouTube. That was Instagram. Yes, it was your aunt. Uh, we know. So, but he, he so you, you should see some of the messages I get about you on Instagram. It's bad, but you're, you're right. I mean, people don't it, know behind the scenes that about seven that out of my face too close to the camera is what they say. There he is. Seven out of 10 times we start an episode up and Andrew says something to me like, do we have anything to talk about today? What are we even going to talk about? There's like nothing going on, and I'll say just let just hit record. I'll go. Just hit just hit the live button and let's go. I'll go. Let's go. So I don't mean to interrupt. Uh, oh yes, I do. So, but today you can carry it, man. I'm done. We talk baseball. Shirt? You had my. I can't see it. It's now you're way too far away from the camera. I can't see that. It's Biggie. Edward, it's Biggie. I can't. I really can't see. Biggie. The, yep. Biggie with a fat crown, or fat <laughs> Biggie with a crown. I guess Biggie is always him. So you're probably right about basketball. I mean, look, football, you know, Tom Brady was a replacement player. You know, he was somebody who probably wouldn't have got a chance if not for injury. He was a sixth-round pick, seventh-round pick, whatever the hell he was. I don't really like Tom Brady. But he's somebody who, you know, might not have really got – and obviously put a hell of a product out there on, on the field, right? Um, you can look up the story. I don't want to be talking too much. But look up the story of Wally Pippen. So, all right, what do you want to talk about? 
<laughs> You're such a fool. What did you think about what did you think about our standoff on Saturday when we had like a moment of silence that lasted? It was cool. I, I liked it, man. Um Do you yeah. read a lot of the comments we get? I don't read any comments. Dude, I don't have time to even make the content. No, of course I read the comments. People are gonna take time to do it. You know, that's that's the deal, you know? So by the way, so, Wally uh, Pip, I was... do you know who Wally Pip is? No, tell me. Wally Pip was the first baseman. Um, for the New York Yankees. And um, and he's kind of like the Rodney Dangerfield of baseball. You know, the guy gets no respect. 100 years no respect. past his prime, he gets no respect, right? Now, you say Wally Pip, he's used as kind of like a word for calling in sick. Oh, that guy pipped out. He's not coming to work today. Or he's pulling a Wally Pip, meaning, you know, he's slacking off. He's not doing anything. And the reason for that is because Wally Pip is the guy who lost his job to Lou Gehrig, who then went on and played for 117 years in a row. So that's who Wally Pip is. What do you Gehrig think of the was a replacement. <laughs> so there's this, there's this flawless card of, like, game-worn, like, material from Mantle, Ruth, and Lou Gehrig. Two, three, four hundred bucks. Not, not, not a crazy card. I think like some of them are a thousand bucks. Some of them are really cool. The funny part, just to, to you know, to finish the story, Pip was actually pretty durable. He only missed a handful of games in the bunch of seasons he played before, uh, you know, before he was there. Won a lot of pennants too. I mean, Garrett came up in I think twenty five and took over, but 21, 22, and twenty three, the Yankees were championship teams. He was the first baseman. Played pretty well. He's not my play. I'm just, you know, I'm carrying home the whole there have been replacements of starters. Lou Gehrig replaced Wally Pip. So you I I don't understand you you keep saying someone replaced someone and you're saying that they're replacement players. That's not what replacement players are. Tom Brady no, but, was on the roster when Drew Bledsoe got injured. Right, but he got a chance because of an injury. So the point yeah, that's I'm trying to make, which if you're that player. thick, if you're that dense, no, he's not. But did I ever say he was a replacement player? I said he replaced um, someone. Yeah, if you just rewind, like maybe. No, I said he replaced someone. That doesn't make him a, quote, replacement player. It means that he got a chance because of some fortuitous circumstance, an injury to someone. The fortuitous circumstance that now would be the case is that everyone on the lineup would be basically injured. Now, I understand what so, a replacement player is. None of those examples I gave are them. So what the you're point. really saying is Shine probably knew about this and bought the Jason Dominguez card early because he knows Shine Dominguez is going to be one of the replacement players. No. We're going to see the Dominguez, Dominguez in the big leagues. Dominguez is a good example. You know, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know what would happen with him. It's a silly concept. It's just one of those things where, you know, as my brain wanders between what's going on in these meetings and who has the leverage and whatnot, if I were an owner, I'd be like, let's go. Let's just play the minor leaguers. I'm a little you bit. You think Wander's in those meetings with them? Wander. As your brain wanders, is Wander your play today? Oh, you're talking about Wander Franco. I got it. Like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> My jokes aren't as in depth as yours. I'm. I'm just Woo-hoo. learning how to live. So, I get Cage, it. I was... it was a Wander Franco joke. So I. I, get I was it. at. I was at a show all weekend. I wasn't on social media. Which I realize is a mistake. I should post more photos. But guys, if you're expecting that, it's not going to happen. Just so you guys know, that's not what I do. But so on the way home, you were talking about like you had like some backlash, but your post got so much viewership and you added so many followers. And a lot of people really loved your message and a lot of people 
they didn't, and I had no idea what you were talking about, Cage. I think you actually talked about it on an episode the other day. I had no idea what you were referring to because I didn't see the post. So I'll read it for people who didn't see it. And if it's okay with you, I want to talk about it because I didn't have the same vibe that some of the comments did. So Cage posted, has anyone else noticed that for the last year or so, a few people talked about how tickets were rare and hard to find. Tickets were an underrated investment. Tickets were the next big thing. And now tickets owned by these same people are popping up for sale on all platforms. Be careful out there, folks. And I don't know what this last part means. And beware of Greeks bearing gifts. Look it up. Is that from like the Trojan horse, like Troy, when they came with gifts? And that Perhaps. was how they captured uh, Sparta? It's a, pretty, it's a pretty famous saying. But yes, it is. You know, you, you, you've hit the nail on the head. You have indeed. So, so for yes. this, I, you know, I think what, what makes our channel really unique is we try not to say like we know it all or, hey, look at our collection or look at the We don't know and, anything. Just hold on. That is not where it comes from. Just hold we on. know nothing. Just hold on. <laughs> we try to add value to you guys, you know, whether that's, you know, take a look at this card play player that may have success in the next few months or, hey, these are, you know, mistakes that we've made in the past buying into the hype. Uh, for example, following the info, whatever, so that you guys don't lose money in a lot of ways that I have lost money recently. So this post to be felt very, um, it felt like you were looking out for people. You know, you've been through the cycles, you've lost money and you've gained money, you've made mistakes and you've had a lot of wins and you don't want people to follow the losses. Is that, am I picking up on what you're putting down? Yeah. I mean, it was more of, um... are you trading NFTs over there? What are you doing? You're like in the metaverse right now. Do you want me to answer the first question or the second? The first. Okay. So, yeah, it was more of just, um, you know, uh, um, we've been through cycles. And just, you know, make sure everybody pays attention to the cycles. I actually like the responses. Um, you know, we hope to get, you know, Darren Ravel on the show uh, to kind of talk about it. Um, I'd love to chat about it more because I'll, I'll tell you, what I learned after the response was there are more people passionate about collecting tickets than I thought there were. Does that make any sense? So I did not view the asset as uh, something that was as widespread as it appears to be from the comments. So the comments on it, the, the conversation that was out there, was it, it was a good one. I mean, Spinatron, you know, came in. He talked about, like, the Will Chamberlain ticket. and There's a lot of, I believe, good back and forth. There's always good conversation about it. Um, you know, and to me, really what I was trying to get out there was um, FOMO is a pain in the ass. We all have it, right? And these asset classes that we talk about, whether it's NFTs or cardboard or, you know, vintage or whatever it is, there are cycles for all of them. And I, I you know, even, even, you know, these, the, the, the folks who are, who are in the comments talk about how early adopters are, are going to sell, right. People are going to, you know, take advantage and sell some of their, you know, some of their inventory, you know, when the market catches up to where it should be. It's a valid point. It, it definitely is. The, the, the counterpoint to that is, you know, what I'm trying to bring to the conversation is um, that you have to be aware of where you are in the cycle before you put your money in it. 
and I don't want our people to be buying and putting their money in at a peak and then holding it as you know more supply comes in and and demand does not meet that supply. So I mean again, I don't know how many things are out there. Um, I don't know you know what what folks like as far as you know what tickets and you name it. I have gotten a bit of an education on it, you know um, through the comments, through the message. Got a lot of people sending me messages about it. Um, I'd love to have you know Darren on. It was really just a, you know, there are a lot of people who talk about tickets and then there are, um, you know, there were some posts recently about tickets coming up for sale. And um, I didn't know this at the time. I mean, I knew there were some tickets there, but but I didn't realize the amount of tickets that were for sale in the Heritage Auction. Um, a lot of them and some crazy tickets, you know, Jordan debut, Jackie Robinson debut. I mean, some of those things you'd be a... You're a fool to argue they're not, you know, uh, collectible. Look at how much money they sold for. Um, wasn't really, you know, wasn't really that. It was. But oh, those aren't the know. tickets that you're worried about, right? It's those are the I'm tickets not. that grab the headlines. But really, the tickets that you start seeing are like Giannis home debut, or Luca home debut, or Ja home debut, or Tom Brady's first game. And the thing is, guys, I- I've learned this too. You know, when something has demand. Prices go up, but if someone you we how do I word this? You don't know what the supply of these really is because these were never really graded before, and a lot of them are at PSA, and a lot of them are in people's homes, like stuck to a bulletin board or in a shelf or in a closet or in like a little shoebox. Right? These aren't that old. I mean, Luca's debut was like two years ago, three years right. ago. You know what I mean? Right. Giannis was eight years ago. Even Brady. People hold those, and then you they see these astronomical prices. They send them to PSA, get graded, and all of a sudden the supply doubles or triples. So yeah, it's we, a, I mean, it's a hundred percent valid point. Hundred percent valid point. Um, you know, it wasn't the commentary on on you know the asset class as a whole. It was you know you're I right. We've been through this by yeah. the comment of you should at me, you should at people, right? That that's surprising because. I didn't feel like the post in and of itself was an attack on any one person. And it also felt very arrogant to say, you should at me as if I am the king of the ticket market. Well, that felt very, I mean, very audacious to me to, to say something like that. I mean, listen, I like that it opened up and fostered a conversation. Um, I feel like I even learned um, you know, plenty about it, especially the passion of, of the folks who have come out you know, defending tickets as an asset class, the conversation that was out there. Um, I, I think that's really what we're trying to do. I'm not trying to, you know, out anyone. I'm not trying to like, you know, call anyone out. Um, you know, this is what people do. Right. And, and, you know, go a step further. I don't think anyone who bought tickets a year ago and is now selling a small amount of those tickets because the market has caught up and they're now hitting a price where, you know, we think this is what they're worth. I don't think anyone's doing anything wrong selling them. These are people who were ahead of the curve, right? These are people who realized that these things were undervalued. There are people who, you know, we've talked about like Bro Namath buying VHS tapes or, you know, comic books for movies before the movie comes out. It's the same type of thing, you know? Um, And I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all. I think, though, that it's worth having a conversation exactly where you're going. Because our, our listening audience, I'm not calling you guys dumb. Because I'm the same way. You see a Luca card sell for $4 million. I want to get a Luca card. Let me buy the Prism PSA 10 Luca. 
and then the pop goes nuts on it, right? It's the same type of thing, right? It's like, oh, wow, Will Chamberlain ticket. Oh, wow, look at the Jackie Robinson ticket. Oh, you know, let me look for a Fernando Tatis debut. That's what happens. That's what the conversation is about. It's not an at anyone. It's not a calling out anyone. And guys, no one has to buy anything. But it's more of a conversation about, you know, the cycle of these asset classes with price discovery and and you name it. And if I have to say it again, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. Nothing wrong with an early adopter who was on these things early moving some of their inventory when the price is now not, you know, so small. So that's the point of investing in these things. You know, you're buying things to make money. Jeff Wilson was on here and he says the point is to make money, right? I mean, right. and and let's make sure that, that was, you know, stuck with you, by the way, Cage. Yeah. And I like that. Uh, and guys, you're always going to get it uh, 100% straight from us. And after the episode with Jeff Wilson, Cage really appreciated that he said that because he says most people, even though that's their main intentions, they won't come on here and admit it. Okay. And when someone comes on and says, yeah, I'm in this to make money and there's nothing wrong with that. That's right. Uh, and the same thing with this case. I think what you, you you oftentimes, and I respect you for this, you stand in the trenches taking the bullets so that the, your your guys, be you know, you lead from the front so your guys behind you don't have to take it. Yeah. Here's I mean, the listen, thing. He doesn't want you okay. buying at or near the top and seeing a supply run. Right. And also understanding what the assets are that have collectability and don't. That's all. You know that that, and you you've hit the nail right on the head with that, right? It's it, there's a difference between a ticket from someone whose debut was this year, and a ticket who you know for someone who played. But Will Chamberlain's a great conversation going on in the comments. That ticket, Spinatron, and and, and a bunch of people who obviously are knowledgeable about tickets and that event and you name it. Um, but we see programs from that event. We see you know pictures that were used for the program. We don't see too many tickets. Now, are there more out there? Sure. Are there going to be more that materialize? Sure. I'm sure there are people at the game who have them in scrapbooks, you name it. But are there going to be hundreds or thousands of them that pop up? Probably not. Something like that is going to remain, you know, a, a, a highly sought after asset. Um, and really, it's just, you know, it's, it's, you know, let's have a conversation about it. You know, I brought up, I brought up, you know, I brought up a whole bunch of other, of other assets. And, you know, pe- some people, you know, they're damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? I mean, we talk about this with Gary V, right? He wasn't selling these things. But, you know, he goes out and he says, hey, I like Mookie Betts. And then Mookie Betts' price goes up, right? And then you're in a tough spot, right? So it is what it is. I will say this. I mean, we, we've said it about coll- uncollectible, too. So we we're said fair it, yeah. with that. We, we said, said Luca's game-worn sneakers from, like, his 40-point game. And we literally talked about how, well, that seems good right now. But what if he goes on and has 140-point games? Which one do you really want, right? So it's... It, 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 with these guys that are super young, like you said, we don't know what's the collector's item of them when it comes to exactly. game war. It, it makes it tough. It just makes it a little bit tougher. You know what I mean? And, you know, people are buying vintage stuff now for a reason, right? People are moving back into vintage collectibles for a reason, right? I mean, you know, pop may grow on them. These things might show up and uh, come out of so, somewhere. But, you know, Mickey Mantle 52 Tops has been the go-to card for decades. You know, chances are... If one of them is going to be found, it's found already. People know that there's potentially life-changing money if you happen to have one in your attic. You know, I, so, I think this is partially the reason why PSA has so much success. It's not that PSA grades better. I mean, grading, we all know what that is. It's because of their pop report. It's because they understand how the market works. It's because when there's been 315 Jordan PSA 10s, 
And three to five years later, there's 350 or 335 because they understand they can't let that pop get out of hand. Um, they're very they're very well in tune with how markets work. There's a reason they're doing big things. Agreed. Agreed. You want to hear my play today? Sure. My play. By the way, I don't like collar cage. I like t-shirt when you have like a movie guy. You're way more serious when you're wearing a collar or a button down. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, listen, serious topics require, you know, serious. I'm also, I also want to talk about the ticket, you know, topic in, in a respectful way because I want to have a conversation about it. I want to have a discord, a, a discourse on it. And, you know, someone like Darren Ravel, who has the following that he has, I would love to have him on the show. And I kind of am discussing now, not putting a collared shirt on, but kind of discussing this in a way where I want him to maybe hear this and realize he can come on here and have a legitimate conversation with us. It's not going to be yelling, screaming, name-calling, and stupidity. I do rant, but it is a conversation that I think he would provide a significant amount of value to. I think he already has. You know, just the post and the, and the response to it. I think Thousands it's, you know, people tune in daily to hear your rants because those rants are helping people <laughs> either avoid speed bumps that we have all gone over or make profitable decisions because you've been through them. So if it was ranting for ranting's sake, I would cut you off millions of times and I would be the one talking. Well, and people would love to hear that, man. You know, you're more than just a pretty face. I, I tell people this all the time. Man. Not fucking so, pretty, man. I'm getting old as fuck. Yeah, well, it is what it is, man. You know, it's. Uh, I wonder what my trade secrets are going to be in my thirties. In my twenties, I was charismatic and athletic. In my thirties, wise and kind. Well, listen, if it's all over the place and Hulu and you name it, the whole nine yards. I see people buying pop pop culture icons. I see people buying Justin Bieber cards. I see people buying all kinds of stuff. Jessica um, Alba. Jessica Alba. <laughs> someone in the comments mentioned to me a cool idea. You know, someone in, in, in DMs mentioned a cool idea to me. Um, there is a uh, Playboy set in 1995. So search this. Honestly, I was coming around. there too. I'm like, if you're buying a Jessica Alba card, have you like checked out like Playboy? Well, <laughs> well and they're gradable. But seriously, 1995 Playboy made a Chromium set. It's called 1995 Playboy Chromium Covers. It's cool gold ones. You can see some of them SGC graded on, uh, you know, on eBay. And there are several Pamela Anderson covers. And, you know, this is somebody who remains culturally relevant. And you got the whole Pam and Tommy Lee, you know, documentary and Hulu show. wearing a dunce cap? That's a conehead. You don't know what the coneheads are? From Saturday Night Live and then ultimately a movie? Yeah, that's Dan Aykroyd. He was the conehead. There was a family of aliens that came and lived here, the coneheads. This is your plan? So, so not that specific card. There are several, but yes, that, that set. And you're looking at a gold one, which is a rarer. That is one play. That is where that is people creepy. will go, right? That, that set is where people will go. That's a 1995 set. She has some cards in 94, right? But I'm going to tell you where I go. And why I, I think this is pretty cool, right? Tell us why we should buy the Trump card. The Trump one. There's a Trump. That's it. So there's a Trump cover, 100%. So it's a cool set. Trump's got a card. Not a Trump rookie per se. You know, David Peck will beat me up if I say that this is Trump's rookie card. He has the Trump rookie card. We all know that. But in 1996, Pamela Anderson made a movie called Barbed Wire. Now, 
you got to think about uh, why would I ever make a 1996 card when there's this Playboy one from 1995 already being graded. This barbed wire card, you can find PSA 10s of it on eBay. But here's why I like this set for you, Pam Anderson. Her co-star in the movie, I'm going to say his name completely wrong. I'm going to say his name completely wrong. It's Tamura Morrison, right? That's her co-star. And there's cards with the two of them together, right? This particular actor... Is this, is, now, is this a G-rated movie, PG-13 or like? Yeah, I would say I think it's PG-13. I don't know, but to stick with me here, that actor plays Boba Fett in the new Book of Boba Fett show on Disney Plus, Star Wars, you name it, the whole deal. So you're actually getting a nice little combo card there, where you got potentially Boba Fett, the guy who plays Boba Fett. You got a little little it's the two Boba Fett. He plays Boba for Shet. the Boba he plays Fett. for the Blue Jays. Boba Fett. Anyway, it's just a cool thing. You know, I was watching a show. I was like, oh, you know, pop culture. This is pretty pop culture here. You know, this is a pretty big story. A little Pam Anderson. And she got movie cards. And you can see people have already graded these things. You know, if you want to, 1995, you don't want to go back. There's also Baywatch cards. She was on Baywatch. You know, you can get like phone cards, you name it, the whole deal. This is one of those, you know, one of those interesting plays. It'll be a fun eBay search for you. Um, but I, you know, this is one I got to give I give credit to you know to our audience. It's actually I think pretty slick. It's a pretty slick way of going into it. So fun, happy searching, guys. Happy searching on this one. Enjoy, enjoy. What's your play today? What would you search? Pamela Anderson card. Okay. Pretty easy. No, it's pretty straightforward. Pamela Anderson card. Pamela. Board what about, what about the, the 1995 Playboy Chromium uh, sealed boxes? 75 bucks a piece. I mean, you you're, you you're, you can get a Trump card in there. You know, you can get Donald Trump. Get a tr Donald Trump gold card in there. Do you remember, like, the little um, trend By the way, how great on? is it that I, I want to talk serious? I want to give off a serious yeah. persona here, and then I roll into a Playboy Pamela Anderson card as my play. I don't own one of these guys. I don't think i'm gonna buy one i definitely don't buy it anyway when i give you guys the plays because i gotta make Cage's sure you guys get wife listens to our show <laughs> she so, does she for does. the record it's gonna be, yeah. gonna be a funny evening age doesn't own anything pam landerson at all or never has <laughs> i don't you know are. who she is no clue. Yeah. i don't know who she is but for you guys out there <laughs> for you for you for you for you, you guys welcome. look at this sunspot look at this it's a like, i feel like a cat with a laser pointer bam well, you bam, should, bam, wait, bam you shine bright like bam, a diamond frankly bam, so bam, a blood diamond Shine, shine bright like a diamond. So you have to follow up that play. Blood diamonds. Is they Jacob? Uh, yes, you have to follow up that. How play. bad are the Lakers? They're terrible, but LeBron looks good. Are they going to fix things? I don't think they have to. They'll make the playoffs. They'll make the play-in. They're going to make the play-in game. It's seven to ten. Make the play-ins. Even as trash as they are right now, the season ended today. They they'd make the playoffs. It's pretty terrible. Is that like finishing in the top of your class if you get a D or higher? I mean, they're not going to finish at the top of the class, but they'll pass. If it's a pass-fail test, they're going to pass. So they're And they make it past the first round? They beat Probably the Suns not. or the not Warriors the or the Grizzlies? Now, but remember, they're going to get, you know, they'll get AD back, and, you know, I mean, he won't be in street clothes, and he'll actually play for the playoffs, and... They could give somebody a little bit of. A, it depends on the matchup. They could give somebody a little, a little, little fits. Lakers are pretty bad. You know who's not bad? If you haven't seen highlights of yesterday's game, take a look at Joker's passing. That dude is—he's slick. He—he he is a good passer. You've talked about it a bunch of times. Can he I had add like, to that though? 
shoot. Because if you watch that play, not only does he make that, that's an incredible pass, right? It's not not one. He made like seven. He made one like inbounding at touchdown throw to an open Aaron Gordon. He made one where he was, you know, in the paint about to shoot. And he went like one of these, like behind his, behind, like no look kind of like to the corner. And then it, it got missed. Shocking I know you hate like the whole watch the games, but like the watch the games thing. Did you see that he also beat his guy to the spot and boxed him out and almost got the offensive rebound? Almost got the rebound, but he didn't. He almost got the rebound. But but he he beat the guy to the spot. You'll get 50% of those offensive rebounds. The point is, you know, you see assists, but you don't see that. And that that stuff is important. Like offensive rebounds are secondary possessions for the offense, and they're hugely important. And making a cross-court pass and then beating your guy to the spot to get the offensive rebound, he – Dude, he's um, so he's a he didn't lose the rebound to his guy either. He lost the rebound. Right. Somebody else came in and grabbed it. So someone on his team should have been should have been there too. I did watch that play, not the game. I did watch highlights. Uh, Warriors, man, yeah. I, I need to watch the highlights. I can't believe they lost that game. Spencer Dimwitty told you, Manny. And the best part is it wasn't really Luca. I mean, Luca contributed, had a couple passes, but the main run, like the first sixteen points, they went on a sixteen zero run, then sixteen one. It wasn't Luca. It was like the whole team. It was all of them. I don't even think Luca scored in that first initial 16-point run. I don't think any of them were him. And the Warriors went cold. As good as Steph looked in the first half, they couldn't buy a bucket there in the fourth quarter. They also, aren't they like 2-5 and five or something like that in their last seven, including three losses at home? It's tough the when you're like the, really the only offensive option on that team. And I guess you could say this about LeBron, but like... Dre you don't like LeBron, so you won't give him that out. Well, the Warriors, <laughs> Curry's been the, really the only offensive option all year, and they're in the second seed. LeBron is the only option, and they're in the eighth or the ninth seed. And yep. the Warriors still play hard on defense. Solid. The point is, missing Clay is a big deal. Missing Dre is such a big deal, but Dre's back in practice. They just recalled uh, Wiseman. I'll give you guys my play. So this is actually my favorite card in existence. And Whoa. I always watch this card. I always watch this card. And I saw it at a show. I, I looked at it in person. I still can't believe that PSA gave this card a nine. And I understand if they gave that individual card a nine. But if you've graded, like I have 15 or 20 of these cards, you know that the chances are that one of them is perfect. You've looked them over. There's no blemishes, beautiful corners. You've compared them to other PSA tents. Okay, this one is a nine. But if you graded 20 of them, should it one, two, three of them be nine, be tens and the rest nines? And that's the Kobe tops at 50th card. I saw this, sh- this card at the show cage. It's perfect. And it got a nine freshly graded. And that card is near all time lows. That card at its high was about a $3,000 card. The last year it's been hovering just, I mean, if we just take in February 3rd, that was a $2,000 card at its all time high. That was a $5,000 card. That was March of last year. Now, but if we take that out, Right now, that card is $1,200. Last sale was $1,200 on a PSA 9. Freshly graded, new slab PSA 9. Now, there's a lot you could do with this. One, I just think this is a good investment. It's not a high pop card by any means. There's only 430 of them in a PSA 9. There's only 60 PSA 10s in the entire world. This isn't necessarily a card I would crack and grade. Uh, I don't think you could do much better with BGS. But I do think that if this is a card that you could kind of dollar cost average in, and I think eventually, eventually, you can potentially bump it with PSA. So 
You're getting it I like cheap. It. I still think at 1200 Let it's me ask a you a question. Sure. Do you think there comes a point in time where the savvy enough collectors say you don't have to crack it out? That PSA 9s that are in that, like a later slab, like a PSA 9 of Kobe, that's a 6,000, you know, that, that's got a uh, start, a serial number starting with a 6, that people are going to put a premium on that for ones that are fours, you name it, because it's basically the same card as a 10 would have been with a 2 or a 3, you know, starting the serial number. You know what I'm asking, right? I understand. Like, do you have to crack it and try to get a 10? Or will will the market just understand that a 9 now is not the same as a 9 then? A 9 now is more akin to a 10 then. Savvy investors are such an interesting term because none of the savvy investors at the show were even talking about Kobe Topps Chrome. <laughs> I hear like, you. Uh, McNanny had a Kobe Topps Chrome, no greening. Right next yep, to him. Nice card. Beautiful card. PSA 9. Fairly priced. No one even looked at it. All they wanted was vintage and Manning. And that whole savvy investor thing is such a fascinating thing. It's like, you know, what's going to be the next flavor of the week? I got to tell you, I, I'll, put money on, I'll, I'll put money that Kobe eventually becomes flavor of the week again. He's got a lot going for him. I'll put money on that. So um, when that happens, I do think that card has value. I think the card in a PSA 9 becomes three, dollars $4,000 just because of it's his rookie card. There's only 400 of them. It's a beautiful card. It's kind of like the Topps Crow, but it has no greening. Um, I so, like that card. You know that because there's no greening. Yeah. Remember, I had a 10. Um, yeah. and you sold it. Well. I, I was a, yeah, it's a gorgeous card. Not at you the peak. Two, you could probably buy two 10s for the price you sold the one with. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, just nice stuff. I like it. Listen, you can go to the Kobe well as many times as you want because right now I think I'm starting to agree. I started doing research after we talked about it, after you had your show experience. Yeah, Kobe stuff is starting to come back down to you know reasonable levels, even autographs. So interesting stuff. Why is that? That that I mean, who knows? Things have their run, right? And that's a wrap, guys. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.